He's my friend. So was I. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Reel Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And uh, this week we are revisiting our Infinity Saga rewatch with, uh, I guess we're going to be talking uh, MCU this week, Jeremy, and we're going to be talking about Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. But before we do that, let's get into our uh, our usual podcast ritual. I know we got three movies to talk about, so mm-hmm. <laughs> um, definitely want to warm up a little bit. And so, uh, Jeremy, what was the one movie or TV show that you want to share for this week? Because uh, we had to watch like three movies this week, definitely not as much time to watch uh, as many stuff. I didn't actually get to watch any TV, I guess, other than uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because, you know, MCU. But I was able to watch uh, just every now and then, and I finally got to finish it, like, earlier today, uh, Shooter, uh, the 2007 movie Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, wow. And Danny Glover. Yeah, that's what, yeah, both, and Michael Pena. I was like, oh, Michael Pena's in this. Oh, yeah. What a pleasant surprise. I love Michael Pena. <laughs> he's he's good in everything he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a, you know, it's a pretty basic premise in a way. Like, you know, Mark Wahlberg gets framed for, like, the assassination of somebody. And, you know, there's this manhunt for him and all that stuff. He goes through all this action. But, you know, I think it's a movie that definitely... Get, uh, I gravitate towards, you know, there's the action thriller crime aspect to it, uh, the political thriller, I guess. And so I was like, yeah, and it's Mark Wahlberg. So, ah, good stuff. Uh, wh- uh, where did you watch it? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime right now. So, oh, nice, nice. All right. Well, um, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can check it out sometime soon. I mean, I got Prime. <laughs> I just actually re-upped my uh, my uh, subscription. I didn't even know what it was. I, was, I thought it was like a fraudulent <laughs> charge. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> oh, oh, this is Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, I totally forgot that that's how much it costs. So anyway, uh, my uh, movie or TV show this week is actually going to be a TV show. And the, the show that I just started this week, actually I just started it yesterday, is called Mythic Quest. Raven's Banquet, and it's starring Rob Mac- uh, McElhenney. I probably butcher that. I mean, he is known for playing Mac in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and uh, it's definitely one of my favorite comedies. I still haven't finished it yet, but man, that show always makes me laugh. But anyway, anyways, um, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet is, I mean, it's only in its first season. It aired last year. It's only got 11 episodes. It seems like it's a quick show. Actually, the reason I started is because I started seeing, um, I guess, teaser trailers for season two, which starts in a couple weeks on May 7th. Um, and so the the premise of the show is basically it's about a video game company that uh, that created this very successful game called Mythic Quest. Uh, but they're in the process of creating an expansion called Raven's Quest. And so I'm only one episode in and I'm already getting Silicon Valley vibes 
Uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's actually going to be as good as Silicon Valley, but I'll definitely give it a full season to see if it's worth catching that new season when it does come out in a couple weeks. So um, I'm liking it so far. Ooh, all right. Sounds pretty interesting. I mean, I haven't heard of it, uh, but I guess they're coming up with some new stuff on Apple TV+. Plus. I guess it's almost their, their version of Silicon Valley, huh? <laughs> it is. It definitely is. I mean, you get that that vibe. I mean, it's a lot of dry humor as well. Um, and so, I mean, the first season, I mean, sorry, the first episode that I got to see, it was just mainly a lot of setup and everything kind of, sh- you know, setting up the premise. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Rob, uh, just plays this, he plays the video game, uh, creator. He's like the main boss and he's, he's pretty funny. I mean, he, he's kind of playing the same character as Mac, uh, but then he's like hella full of himself and stuff. So, um, I mean, I could obviously tell that he's going to be the, at the center of the show. Yeah. I might as well at least check out the trailer for the show or something like that. Right. Right. Just don't watch the season two one. You don't want to get spoiled if you do hmm. end up wanting to watch uh season one. Uh, but Jeremy, you know what? Uh, last week, we did talk about our f- very first Japanese anime film, Your Name. It was uh, definitely, uh, I think I mentioned this a few times, it was my favorite movie that you've shared with me so far. And so uh, last week, we did run our usual weekly reel poll. And so Jeremy, do you want to share what the uh, what the poll was and who the um, and what the poll results were? Yeah. So the poll that we ran was, who was your favorite character in your name? Uh, you had a choice of Mitsuha, Taki, Tessie, or Yotsuha. So we actually, I forgot, I should have told you, you should have added uh, Ms. Okudera or something like that. Because I feel like she's a fan favorite of some other people too, but I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. And- uh, she's definitely, I could see how she could be a fan favorite. She's definitely cute in terms of, uh, I guess, an anime character. Before this gets weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was already cringing. I was like, should I finish this sentence? <laughs> nah, yeah. <laughs> With un, um, unsurprisingly, you know, our favorite character was uh, Mitsua. And people, I guess, agreed with us as well because 60% of the votes went to Mitsua. I think she's a great character. And uh, you might have to check out all our full thoughts on last week's episode if you haven't checked it out yet. Yes, definitely check out our reasons for choosing Mitsuha because, yes, I mean, first watch the movie. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely recommend it for sure. I actually did watch it a third time, by the way. Ooh, nice. <laughs> In English? No, 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 okay. no. I, I keeping it, keeping it uh, strictly Japanese with the, with the subs. All right. So, yeah, if you want to join the conversation uh, – and participate in these weekly real polls. We run these polls every Tuesday following uh, our Monday episode. And we run these polls uh, on tw- uh, on Twitter and Instagram every Tuesday. So uh, what's our Instagram and Twitter handles? It's at weekly real on Twitter and on Instagram. Yes, sir. So this week, Jeremy, we are continuing our Infinity Saga rewatch as we talk about the first three movies of Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And so even though 
these three films were released in 2016 and 27. We still want to give our customary spoiler warning. So if you haven't seen any of these three MCU movies or you just want a refresher, go ahead and hit pause. Check out all three movies on Disney Plus and then come back, hit that play button so that you can join the conversation with both me and Jeremy. And so, Jeremy, before we get into this week's topics, uh, did you want to share some of your experience or quick thoughts on each of the films? Yeah, let's start off with Civil War, it being the first one out of the three. Uh, It being coming out, I guess, five years ago now. It's pretty crazy how far the MCU has uh, come to this point. Now we're watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, especially they were Bucky and Falcon were... You know some major characters in Civil War. Also, that's where kind of like their their not bromance, but their buddy cop vibes started in yep. Civil War. In that in that little VW bug. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a good like good moment of the of the movie. But it's it's crazy because at the time watching the movie. Yeah, like we kind of felt like, oh, yeah, there's going to be problems, all that stuff. But the movie's probably just going to end with, you know, them uh, teaming back up to fight somebody else and uh, and all that stuff. And they're going to be good by the end. But Civil War actually had huge ramifications until basically Endgame and like or even after Endgame. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. Like ever since uh, Civil War. The, the Avengers broke up and never really got back together. Yep. Until... I mean, that one that one battle scene. <laughs> yeah, just the one battle scene. But it's like they haven't really operated normally since Civil War. So that's pretty crazy. I did not expect that um, from Civil War the first time. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, you got any thoughts on, uh, on the other two movies? Uh, Doctor Strange? I, I remember... I remember kind of being kind of excited for it, but not really because I was never really into like the whole magic type of stuff. Like even something like Harry Potter, I was never really into. Um, but Guardians too, you know, I've been talking like talking about it <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> that Guardians too, I had such high expectations for Guardians too, and let's just say uh, they didn't meet my expectations, especially the first time. Oh, I know. I, I don't think you were alone in that. Just because Guardians Volume, well, not Volume One, but Guardians of the Galaxy, just came out of nowhere and became became such a like a basically a huge darling. Because I feel like you know there's some random like what you know random characters that you don't really hear about. You you know when you think of like these huge comic book um, franchises, you're thinking obviously on the DC DC side. Um, you're talking about Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, you know, the, the headliners. And then with Marvel, you're talking about, you know, the X-Men, obviously. You got Spider-Man. And then within the MCU, you got like heavy hitters like Cap. You got Iron Man, Hulk, Thor. And uh, that's just to name just a few, like the main guys. So um, when I remember watching that Guardians trailer, and I was like, what the hell is this? It's a Marvel movie? <laughs> And who are these random characters? We got a mm-hmm. raccoon. We got this tree. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, the the fat guy from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> yeah. It was so random. Uh, and then it just came out of nowhere and, and obviously just surprised everyone with how 
with how good it was, you know? Yeah, that the first movie we've raved about it before on our previous episodes. And yeah, there's definitely some missteps in this second movie. Yeah, I mean, I think it just set up volume two to just kind of it just set it up to fail or at least just not meet expectations. But uh, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, for me, uh, my experiences with all three movies, I mean, I did see each movie in the theaters opening weekend like I, I started doing. Um, I mean, with the earlier movies, um, I definitely had super high expectations also, uh, with both civil war and guardians Two, just because they were just coming off all time, great MCU movies. I mean, you're talking about, uh, Captain America, um, the winter soldier, and you're talking about, uh, the original guardians. Uh, but I kind of going into Dr. Strange, I didn't really know anything about him. I know that a friend of mine was just like, dude, we gotta go see Dr. Strange or whatever. And obviously it was an MCU. You know, like, All right. I don't know anything about it. Didn't really even watch a trailer. So um, I think just going in with no expectations. I remember leaving the movie theater. I was like, oh, that was actually pretty good. I was I was entertained. <laughs> One thing I do want to mention is that we took Jacob. He's, Jacob's been on a guest on the show before. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. And he, where you two times he went to go watch Doctor Strange. And I think one of them was with us. And another yeah. time, he fell asleep at the same moment <laughs> in both Both movies. times. <laughs> yeah. And s- slept through most of the movie. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. Like, I thought wizards and stuff were, were his thing, but I guess not Doctor Strange. Yeah, definitely not. No, definitely, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Doctor Strange was not his favorite mcu movie of all time <laughs> <laughs> i think he watched it later on and said, oh it was pretty good <laughs> yeah. like bro you fell asleep two times in theaters <laughs> right and we i do we did we just come off of eating a meal i mean that's usually when he does fall asleep admittedly true i think the first time he ate like a, a lot of five guys or something yeah, that sounds about right. I'd probably fall asleep too. <laughs> there are some slow moments within Doctor Strange, so a lot of exposition. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He always fell asleep. I think during that the first uh, fight in New York, in the Sanctum of New York, that first fight. Yeah. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Well, Jeremy, we do have a lot of topics to kind of cover. <laughs> we are talking about three films, and let's just jump right into uh, the first topic. And so, I mean, you know, just to kind of get warmed up with these topics, I thought it'd be kind of the easy thing to do just to share what your best moment was for each of the films. And so let's start with uh, Captain America Civil War. What was your best moment of uh, Civil War? Yeah, going into Civil War, obviously high expectations from Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And one thing that happened in Civil War was the first appearance of Spider-Man in uh, in the MCU. And just the, the deal that Sony and uh, Marvel were able to come to for him to finally appear in the MCU. Uh, but to be more specific... I think the best moment, at least for me, was when Captain America interacts with Spider-Man in that uh, airport battle. Yeah. Because I feel like Spider-Man was probably the first Marvel character I was like ever introduced to. Um, and for Spider-Man and then my uh, my current favorite Marvel character, Captain America, just to have a, a quick scene together. And I thought it was really cool. And it's a, it's a really fun moment also. 
I love that witty batter, uh, banter in the uh, the post credit scene where he was talking about, oh, uh, yeah, um, some guy hit me. His, his name was Steve. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, oh, was it Steve so-and-so? I was like, no, he's from Brooklyn. <laughs> and his friend was huge. He was huge. <laughs> he wasn't lying too, which was funny. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, and it, I had to pick that scene because, especially at the time, I never thought we would see that. I never, I never thought we would actually get Spider-Man in the MCU. Right. I mean, it, it was such a huge deal for Sony and um, Marvel Studios to come to that deal. And I remember uh, a couple of years ago after Endgame when that whole deal just kind of fell apart. And we we're like, oh, man, we're not going to get a follow up MCU Spider-Man film, mm-hmm. uh, especially coming off of uh, Far From Home. And then I just remember when they struck that deal, they were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just so happy. Yeah, dude. It's, yeah, definitely my favorite moment. But uh, how about you in Civil War? Well, for me, um, just kind of rewatching it, uh, dude, it's at the end. It's when Tony finds out that Bucky is a Winter Soldier, ends up killing his parents. Uh, because, I mean, if you're thinking about it from Tony's perspective, what made it worse is that Dude, he felt betrayed because Steve knew all along and just didn't tell him. You know, obviously he was protecting his buddy, Bucky. But, man, like, you think, you know, you, you've gone to literally wars with this guy. And and for him not to, like, at least tell him or anything like that, it, it's got to feel like the biggest betrayal. And, dude, that ensuing two-on-one fight um, that, I mean, we we did just talk about it. Uh, on the newsreel, like on the Falcon and Winter Soldier, on that two to one, two on one fight, dude, this one was so intense. Especially when we first, when I first saw it in in, in the theaters on the big screen in in 2016, I was just like, dang, mm-hmm. it was so so intense. And so uh, that's definitely, ah, it's definitely my favorite moment. Yeah, and I love the way they set that up. Like in the beginning of the movie, right away you see. Uh, the Winter Soldier crash a car, and then slowly it's like, oh, uh, they show another scene late, like halfway in the movie. Oh, he crashed the car to get the Super Soldier serum, and then and then at the very end they show, oh, he crashed the car, got the serum, and killed his parents. Oh, God, <laughs> so man. that just that that setup for for that reveal was crazy, and I also love uh, Henry Jackman's score of for and that theme of Civil War. Because the way, whenever it like swells in that uh, final battle, ooh, it was such a good fight and a very like tragic fight also. Yeah, it made it epic, you know. And you think about it. Obviously, you know we got we got to see a little bit more of Zemo <laughs> in in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Is is weird that we got just like a some regular guy as a huge villain because really they ended up obviously fighting themselves. So. Yeah. And comparing it really quick to Batman versus Superman, which came out the same year, I was so disappointed in Batman versus Superman because it was like they weren't even talking to each other uh, in terms of their fight. It's like, oh, save my mom and all that stuff. Save Martha. But in this, they're actually really trying to uh, talk it out, you know? There's this, there is this huge inner conflict, and then it just comes to a climax at the very end. And they're still, and Steve and Tony are still talking in between the punches. 
to make it even more heartbreaking. But in Batman vs. Superman, it's just like, oh, punch, punch, punch. Kill my mom. No, save Martha. Save then, my mom. Yeah. yeah. Some, uh, Why'd you say her name? <laughs> so, you didn't want to go there, did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you just try to rush a team, team up movie on the heels of just one solo film. Yeah. But like I said, oh, I don't want to go into it too much anymore. I just yeah. said there's one thing they could have just fixed so easily, but it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, um, I, I did want to give a quick bonus one. Remember, uh, af- like during the um, that one scene where I guess they're chasing Bucky in Bucharest, uh, you know, I just love that one scene where it goes into. I was like, okay, we're we've given slow motion like just a lot of shit. That one slow motion shot where it just kind of pans to that over sick overhead shot when he's just grabbing and he steals that motorcycle, mm-hmm. dude. If we're just talking about strictly moments, that's like uh, one of my favorite moments where I was like, whoa, that was crazy. Yeah, it's like something Jason Bourne would do if he he if he was a super soldier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what was your uh, f- uh, best moment uh, for Doctor Strange? Uh, for me, I would have to pull out a quote for this one. I like it when. It, I kind of mentioned it. It was at the Sanctum of New York when uh, Caecilius, played by Mads Mikkelsen, Le Chief, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's uh, when he, you know he gets kind of mixed up with who the heck Doctor Strange is, and he's like, "How long have you been at Carmitage, Mister Doctor?" Doctor Strange says, "Right, he's like Doctor, <laughs> Mister Doctor." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. It's like maybe. Yeah. Who am I to judge? <laughs> I thought that was, that exchange, I was cracking up in the in the theater, and I still started like laughing in uh, on this rewatch. That's definitely my favorite line as well. I mean, uh, Doctor Strange has some one liners. Wong has some one liners, but yeah, I th- I feel like that's the best interaction <laughs> for sure. Because like his name is Stephen Strange, I'm like. I don't know. It's like, how how much more can you get a superhero name to be, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or comic well, book character name. I, I mean, they revisited it in, in Infinity War. It's like, oh, what's your name? Doctor Strange. Oh, we're going with our made-up names? Oh, my name is Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hell um, forgot about that. Shoot. Yeah, so good. Well, uh, I, I'm actually going to give a scene um, for, uh, I guess, my best moment. It was... Uh, during that scene when um, when Doctor Strange ends up using the Time Stone and everything gets rewound because obviously they're trying to, I guess, um, I guess turn back time so that they can get the Hong Kong Sanctum back up and running again. And it's pretty crazy how they're actually, you know, he ends up kind of messing with time where er- like him, uh, Mordo, uh, they're going forwards. And then obviously Caecilius and his followers end up going for it. So they're actually having a battle, like, you know, normal time, but the, everything around them is going in rewind, in reverse, which is still something that I truly appreciate being obviously a huge Christopher Nolan fan. We, I mean, we just watched Tenet last year, and that's kind of what kind of vibes I got rewatching this scene. <laughs> Freaking imagine Christopher Nolan. Having something like the times, I guess he kind of did it already in Tenet, but yeah, shoot, man, that would be freaking crazy. But yeah, that was a crazy scene, also. Yeah. Just the 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 visual effects in Doctor Strange is really good. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, you did get some Inception vibes too, um, especially kind of in the middle, uh, beginning and middle, I should say, when they're, especially when they were in the mirror dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. Like all the London stuff was crazy too. So everything. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I did have another quick bonus one. Hey, remember kind of like uh, when Kaecilius, after everything's kind of going backwards, he stops time. And remember when they like everything was frozen and then there's that one scene where the street vendors like tossing those shrimp noodles mm-hmm. uh, with the walk. Every time I would literally watch that scene, I'm like, oh, that looks really good. I, want, <laughs> I got really hungry. <laughs> Best moments. Best Shrimp. moments, man. <laughs> Shrimp noodles, man. <laughs> Stir fried. Oh, hungry shoot. again. I know. Seriously. Well, uh, let's get on to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. What was your best moment? Uh, I'm going to have to do a cop out. It's going to be all of Drax scenes <laughs> with, yeah. with, with Mantis specifically. Uh, because freaking Bautista, Dave Bautista in this, he has perfect comedic timing in this movie and with um with mantis especially the just how it comes to it to an end in the movie when uh they're you know they're watching the the kind of fireworks and mantis is uh (laughs) it's beautiful (laughs) and then drax it is and so are you on the inside inside. (laughs) (laughs) but then at the same time you're like oh <laughs> yeah, you're, like, you're kind of confused so a little bit because you're like, oh, wait a, wait, wait a minute, and it's like, in a way, because he did set up that that line, and I'm I'm kind of curious to know where that relationship or friendship goes to in the third one, yeah, because I thought it was easily the best thing in Guardians Volume Two, just because he set that up and like, oh. It, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside because uh, if you're ugly on the outside, <laughs> which you are, <laughs> it's like, you know, you know people will like you for, for who you really are if you're beautiful on the inside. And yeah. when he said that at the end, I was like, oh, but that's still kind of messed up, Drax. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I did like how he finished that por- uh, portion when he was talking about, well, beautiful, have it, beautiful people have it the hardest because... <laughs> <laughs> they're always looking at ugly people. All right, I forgot what the exact quote was, but, but he's basically just saying how difficult it is for beautiful people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. And then he also mentions like, I'm beautiful. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, freaking Drax. I will actually disagree with you, but a little bit later on in okay. the episode. So we'll, we'll, put a, we'll definitely put a bookmark on that. Uh, my, um, I guess, best moment in in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is actually just the uh, the relationship between Yandu and Peter Quill. I mean, because they already kind of set it up, kind of towards the end of the first Guardians about how um, they were going to actually visit Peter Quill's like kind of relationship with his dad, and obviously we got to meet his dad in, in this uh, in Volume Two with Ego, and so I like how. The whole time we were just kind of focused on ego with Peter, ego with Peter. But then like they just quickly pivoted and they just, oh man, they, they revealed that really Peter Quill's real father figure this whole time was Yandu. Um, and yeah, I know Yandu's not really a, a role model. <laughs> he, he's done some real shitty stuff. Uh, but obviously after ego gets destroyed and yandu literally just flies in to save uh and grab actually peter quill 
And remember, as they're kind of flying up towards space and trying to, to you know, try to escape Ego's planet, you know, he goes, he may have been your father, boy, but he wasn't your daddy. And then he continues with, I'm sorry I didn't, uh, I'm sorry I didn't do none of it right. I'm damn lucky you're my boy. And then he proceeded to go ahead and sacrifice his own life just to save Peter's life. I was like, dude, that gave me the feels, man. Mm. It was so good. And then obviously the uh, the Ravager funeral afterwards, and then they got Cat Stevens' father and son playing in the background. I was like, oh man, this that I don't know. Gave me the feels, man. Hmm, that's interesting because that's kind of like uh, a little bit of the opposite for me. At least this time, watching yeah. it the first time, I was dying too. I was like, "Oh, the the feels." But watching it the second time, I didn't really feel it as much. Surprisingly, oh. let's go ahead and disagree when we get to that part of that podcast because I feel like, you know, I feel like we have some disagreements for on both sides. I even love it. The, even the. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I, I thought it didn't, <laughs> didn't hit me as hard as it did yeah. this time. Uh, that was kind of random. I didn't care for that line. Because <laughs> at first, I was hella... When I first watched the movie in theaters, I was hella yeah. laughing at that line. Yeah. And then this time, I was like, it was kind of random. <laughs> it, it definitely was random, but there was a an underrated Yandu scene with remember he was talking with rocket and they were having yeah. this argument or whatever. And he was like, that was, you know, how I know it's because I'm you or you're me or whatever. I forget how he said it, but he's basically <laughs> saying that he basically can relate with how rocket keeps pushing people away. Yeah. And that's him. That was still a really good scene. I like that one. <sighs> so good. Uh, another quick bonus one for me, both. And you're talking about all your drag scenes for me. And you're, I know you're going to disagree with me because I've heard you uh, think, dude, I loved all the baby root scenes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, like watching this time. Yeah, I, I, it was okay. But some, yeah, sometimes they're a little bit dragged out sometimes for me. Oh, for sure. I mean, by the, like, the, the, when you're talking about like the end with the, the, I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. No! <laughs> with the bomb. Yeah, yeah. I actually like that one more than the, the other one. The fin? Yeah, the fin. Except for I did like when he brought the toe. <laughs> I like that part. Dude, I was dying when he brought the underwear. Because <laughs> it had to be tidy whities bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess maybe that bomb part, they just revealed that in the, the trailer also. I don't All get right. why they would include that scene in the trailer. but Because it's baby group, and people like to watch... Like, yeah, I mean, but dude, dude, that's like the end of the movie. So, that's true. Uh, yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, anyway, let's uh, move on to our next topic, topic number two. And so in Doctor Strange, we were introduced to the idea of relics. And uh, as Mordo said to Doctor Strange, he's like, hey, if you were deemed ready, the relic would actually choose you. And so, Jeremy, I wanted to ask you this. So other than the Eye of Agamotto, because, I mean, dude, we're talking about the Time Stone. Which relic from the movie do you think would choose you? And so here are your choices. We've got, uh, and I think uh, Mordo uh, wielded this during one of the training sessions. It's a staff of the Living Tribunal. It's the staff that kind of looked like a mystical, like nunchuck looking thing. Um, the other thing, actually, Mordo was also wearing these. It's the vaulting boots of Valtor. 
And so uh, I guess it gave you the ability to kind of walk on air. And Doctor Strange's own the cloak of levitation. And so which do you think would choose you? Hmm. You know, I would probably think the the vaulting boots of Valtor would probably choose me. Just because I'm, you know, a pretty short guy. And I have like I've always had a hard time some reaching stuff. Even like I don't have the the biggest strides either, so I feel like it would choose me because I already have like this disadvantage <laughs> in in my normal life. But then having them enables me for something. Ah, uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm picturing. Remember that one scene in? Uh, I know we're not talking about Infinity War, but remember how he was kind of allowing Star Lord to be able to kind of um, like walk on on air. So mm-hmm. I feel like. He was able to kind of transfer that. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I, that'd be pretty cool to have that if if that were to choose you, that mm-hmm. relic. I would, I, yeah, if I if I had to choose, I would probably choose the, the boots of Valtor for myself. Also, if I was, if I could yeah. choose. Okay, okay. Well, for me, I think um, if it were to choose me, I, I think that the Cloak of Levitation would choose me because here's the thing. There are times when I feel kind of lazy and I feel like I can like levitate, just kind of <laughs> kind of like let let the cloak do everything for me and everything. Plus, you know, with Doctor Strange, especially remember, uh, man, I keep referring to Infinity War, but remember when they were in the Sanctum or whatever, right before the stuff was kind of going down. And I remember Tony's asking uh, Doctor Strange, he's like, hey, are you moving your hair? Mm-hmm. Dude. I feel like I can have those type of bangs where like the, the hairs would move <laughs> and then uh, the cloak of levitation can kind of like brush the hair out of my, out of my face or whatatever. So yeah. Or I if can, you're I ever knocked re- unconscious, right? <laughs> yeah, it could exactly. um, remove you to safety. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, it saved Dr. Strange a lot of times. So again, I feel like uh, the levitation cloak of levitation would be me. Mm, that would be a good one. Might be kind of inconvenient going around though, yeah. <laughs> with a huge. Cape. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's that. It's that Incredibles thing with uh, uh, Edna. Edna, yeah. No capes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's uh, move on to our final topic of, I guess, the first half of this episode. And so, I mean, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. We're already ha- having disagreements and everything, but. One thing that we did agree on, especially when we were kind of, you know, previewing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, is that we had high, high expectations after watching the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And so, Jeremy, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the highest, how disappointed were you in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? So, thinking about it, the first time I watched it, I would probably would say it was like an 8 in terms of disappointment uh and rewatching it this time i know i think i really know why it is now um i think this time i wasn't as disappointed obviously because i've seen it before um but i think i know why now it's probably because the, the first one was this huge team up space adventure whereas this one i didn't I, th- I thought we were going to get more space adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're actually like a team this time. But right off the bat, like in the beginning of the movie, they're fighting this huge monster. And I was enjoying it. And then they crash land, of course. And then 
they get separated or one of them goes like with ego and then rocket eventually meets with nebula yondu and all that stuff um and the team was separated for most of the movie so that's kind of like i was like are we not doing like guardians of the galaxy in this uh in the sequel and it's not really a space adventure as much you don't go to as many planets um if i if anything like star lords thing it's like it's like um like a cw drama type thing they're mostly just standing in in rooms and talking yeah it felt like an origin story (laughs) yeah and i was like what the heck is happening there where's the huge space spectacle of it and i i was a bit i was just really disappointed in um the way they did star lords character arc Mm. with ego especially Mm. Actually, I agree with you there. Um, that was actually one of the things that uh, watching it, I guess the first time in 2017, I, I honestly didn't really care for that story arc with he and um, with Ego. I was just like, man, that was a lot of time wasted. Yeah, because I thought we were going to be at least, oh, it's like, oh, it's so cool. He gets like these celestial powers and then just right away he gets them then right away taking away so it's like oh okay whatever like he's still the same star lord that we always thought he was so after that it's we just get that really quick it it just felt like an episode of tv like it could have been condensed into like 40 minutes and just the way the quality was in terms of the tele uh the storytelling Mm. okay i can definitely see that um, for me, um, I'm actually, <laughs> it's funny. I, back in 2017, I actually agree with you. I was about an eight out of 10 on the disappointing, disappointed scale. Uh, because you know, I mean, we talked about it. We were, I was totally into the first guardians because it came out of nowhere. There was no expectations for me. And then it just kind of put unfair expectations on volume two. Uh, but you know, on this latest rewatch, you know, it, it still does drag in some parts. I mean, we were talking about like the ego and uh, Peter stuff. I mean, that's where it dragged the most, especially in the middle. I think the the biggest difference for me, uh, the difference between volume and uh, volume one or the original Guardians and volume two, the jokes and one liners seemed very forced mm. in uh, a lot of them just seemed hit or miss. Um, and I felt like it was like 50, 50, I, I did, you know, think that the stuff that hit were hilarious, but there was some real cringy stuff and I'll, I'll get, definitely get into that, uh, when we talk about our nitpicks, but, um, this time around, um, I, I just, um, I don't know. I just felt like, again, it just reiterated that, you know, I don't really care for the explanation and the exposition between, uh, what egos, I guess, motivations were and everything. I, I felt like they could have done it in like half the time uh, and then just kind of explored more different things or just had more hijinks or something like that. Um, but I did appreciate certain things on this latest rewatch. And one of the things that I did appreciate, and I don't know if it's because, you know, we've we've got more perspective. You know, we've watched Infinity War. We've watched Endgame. But I felt... Like I was able to kind of focus more on the uh, the family theme of Volume Two, and I really did appreciate and I liked the Gamora Nebula stuff way more this time around mm-hmm. than I did in 2017. Because man, 
Uh, you know, obviously they were fighting. And by the way, that battle was badass. Uh, that was actually up there in terms of like my favorite moment. That was probably like one in one B, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I had to amend my answer, I think now it'd be like five out of 10, just because I, I did kind of enjoy it a little bit more. There were, I, I got to focus more on the positive stuff. Yeah, same here. I would probably like now would probably be like a six for me. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, me and Jeremy, we just got done finishing, well, discussing both Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And in recent months, actually this year, the MCU's Phase 4 had has finally gotten underway after being delayed because of the pandemic. So uh, this week's audience question, because we do want to involve you guys into the conversation, which Phase 4 MCU movie are you looking forward to more? Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? And so, Jeremy, do you want to take this one? Ooh, this is a really hard one because I do feel like I like the Guardians more. But because of what's happened with the whole Guardians 3 delay and all that stuff, and uh, I guess at this point in time, you know, we haven't seen any footage of anything at all, just hearsay of what the story might be in either of them. I would probably go with Multiverse of Madness, surprisingly for me, Uh, just because it's going to be a multiverse. I'm excited to see that. Wanda is going to be in it. And uh, Sam Raimi is directing so yeah. I'm, I think that right now, Multiverse of Bandits is the one I'm looking forward to more. Yeah. You know what? I totally agree with you. Definitely looking forward to Multiverse of Bandits more than Guardians 3. I mean, if you would ask what late 2016, early 2017 version of me, I would have said Guardians easily just because, you know, they're more lovable characters or whatever, but Oh, and plus, I mean, we're potentially going to get uh, the as Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll see. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we ne- we don't know yet. So, um, because, you know, we got to wait another couple years for it. But, um, yeah, I definitely do agree with you. Definitely looking forward to Multiverse of Madness more. And so, uh, which one are you guys looking forward to the most? And so, uh, definitely send us your feedback. Uh, just send us um, some of your feedback on Twitter uh, or email. And so, uh, what's our Twitter handle? It's at Weekly Real. And our email is at gmail it is at gmail but to be more specific it is weekly real pod at gmail.com all right jeremy let's take a quick break All right, welcome back from the break. And so, Jeremy, let's jump into our next topic. And so, Jeremy, uh, let's talk about either your worst moment or your biggest nitpick from each of the films. And let's start with uh, Captain America Civil War. Uh, I think this is kind of a nitpick, and I don't know if I don't know if I still feel this way, uh, especially after watching Falcon the Winter Soldier so far. It would probably be Zemo's plan. <laughs> I always <laughs> thought it was like how the heck did he get everything right? And there were so many, like, variables. He couldn't have, like, known of everything. He just got it up to a point, I guess. And I don't know he was making it up on the fly and all that stuff. I don't know. I feel like his plan was so, like, contrived. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. And, like, he was kind of lucky that 
it all ended up in that way, but he's like, oh, it was my plan the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and and just the fact that Iron Man also uh, arrives at the Hydra base at the end at the same, like, basically at the same time as, as Cap and Bucky. I'm like, didn't they fly, like, two whole scenes ago? <laughs> Like I thing. know, and the, even uh, even Tony visited the raft, and <laughs> it's not like he just stopped by just for, what, to get refueled or whatever. He actually stopped by, said hello to some people, interrogated some people. Yeah, and talked to Ross and all that stuff, and, and freaking Bucky and Cap, I'm like, how slow is that Quinjet, man? <laughs> like, Iron Man could have definitely, like, ca- caught up to that Quinjet, even, like, right after, like, Rhodey crash-landed. So... I don't know. That was kind of a nitpick too. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Rhodey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, good nitpick for sure. Um, well, I'm actually, I mean, I mentioned my best moment earlier. I mean, I revealed that, dude, that reveal with Bucky being the one that killed Tony's parents was like, oh, that was so good. So mm-hmm. intense and everything. But I'm going to mention the other side of the coin of that scene for my nitpick and it's kind of related to kind of yours dude how in the hell was there a camera in that exact place in time where it seemed like it was a random road in the middle of nowhere where the winter soldier got uh i guess tony's parents just to crash like right in front of the camera it's it's always bugged me just how they conveniently got that uh, camera um angle and you i would have been fine with it just kind of like okay maybe it was just like the way they were just filming the the scene um it was just a camera angle cool camera angle to kind of show uh different perspectives of that you know crash and obviously the two murders Mm -hmm. but to kind of end that video footage they show bucky actually looking at the camera (laughs) And literally shooting at it. I'm like, oh, so there really was a camera there. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, damn yeah. it. How, how, is, how did they know? And how did they get that footage? Yeah, and exactly. Like, if you're going to have that camera angle, at least have it, like, pointing at something. Like, if, especially in 1991, it would probably be something important that it's probably guarding or something. But it's literally just a camera pointing at a dirt road. <laughs> So it's like, why is it there in the first place? I they should have just if I'm not too like picky on like the that it's camera footage, but at least have the location make sense. Yeah, like it, it, it was been, in the it, it, the fact that it was in the middle of nowhere on a like it looks like a just a like a really empty road. Yeah, they should. I don't know. They should have had it at like a a private Stark um, airport like hangar or something like that that would have made more sense because i don't know the starks would probably have like a camera watching their planes or something and then just like before they're about to get in their plane the winter soldier kills them or something right it, it, like the camera needs to like be in a place where it just makes sense so i don't know those is a huge nitpick <laughs> for me <laughs> every time it bugs me <laughs> yeah i see that oh man uh what was your uh, biggest nitpick or worst moment for dr strange um, for me, Doctor Strange, it almost tries to be, I feel like it tries to be a copy and paste of the first Iron Man, in a way. Uh, the way that they try to do like a redemption arc of Iron Man, but I just don't think they do it 
as well in terms of getting me to like him also uh that transition of getting tony from from basically like a weapons dealing asshole sometimes likable to being you know likable but still now a hero uh was better and they tried to i think recreate that with doctor strange but i didn't really get that feeling uh, no, I completely agree. That's actually uh, my my thing. Well, my answer was Mr. Doctor, a.k.a. Dr. Strange, Stephen Strange, uh, just because, dude, they were already even uh, like the characters within the movie were already calling him an arrogant asshole. Um, and I don't know, it was just really difficult rooting for him. I, I actually got Thor in Thor 1 vibes where it's like, uh, I don't really care for this guy. I, I, why am I rooting for this guy? And so, yeah, I mean... I thought he did have some funny one-liners, especially when he was in, in on the same screen with Wong mainly. Uh, but I just thought it was very strange, uh, no pun intended, that we're supposed to root for this protagonist that's unlikable. But, you know, like kind of later on in the movie, like towards the end, you know, for someone like Mordo, he like kind of bails on protecting the sanctum because he has like values and stuff, but he's like portrayed as like the villain. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, he turned his back on, on Wong and, and Dr. Strange and everything. And he like is, you know, leaving his, like his vows and stuff. But I felt like, dude, I kind of related to him. You know, Dang. I felt like he was more of a likable character too. I actually really did like Mordo and he was actually my second favorite character. Yeah. And I hope he returns in the, the sequel for sure. That's what so I'm I'm looking forward to because yeah, I agree with you. I in a way it's the the Thor uh symptom again where Thor becomes or in this case Doctor Strange is Thor and then Loki is Mordo. Is Mordo. Yeah. So yeah, I felt the same way. Yeah, I hope if they do bring Mordo into the multiverse of madness, he's more of a oh, you don't know like where he's at because remember he's just sticking with his own values and everything's like so do you think he's gonna kind of be the foil be a quote-unquote villain but i mean he's sticking with his beliefs and stuff so uh, i like conflicted characters like that mm, yeah yeah um let's go on to uh guardians uh volume two uh what was your nitpick for this for me, it was Ego's monologue and reveal that he was the villain. Jesus, man, that was... <laughs> it went on forever, didn't it? <laughs> it went on forever, and it's like, it wasn't surprising at all. But then it went on forever, and it was so, like, exposition heavy. It's like, oh, and then your mother, and then... And then, he, just to end it, he's like, oh, I had to... Like, I was sad putting a tumor in her head. I'm like, yeah. dude, like, are you really going to say that? It's like, it, he was just saying, oh, here's why I'm a bad guy. Yeah, and the monologue. The <laughs> monologue. And that reveal, that was horrible. That yeah, was I did not bad. like that. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, definitely agree with you 100% on that. I mean, mine's a little bit different, but definitely that would be a, a huge one for me. Um, I mentioned it earlier. I mean, I felt like the jokes were definitely hit or miss this time around, especially compared to the original. Uh, dude, it, it just felt more manufactured rather than it being more organic. 
uh, than the first time around. I mean, uh, the, the couple of <laughs> the couple examples I want to bring up is the whole taser face interaction Ooh. with Rocket. Oh my god, that was so cringy. Yeah, it was funny like the first time they said it, and then they just keep going with it. It's like until you're beating a dead horse. Exactly. It just kept going. And, and dude, and I, I talked about it earlier. Dude, I love Drax. His comedic timing was good in this episode, but I honestly didn't I, I didn't really care for his interaction with Mantis when they mm. she was he was basically calling her ugly. I I, I felt like it was jet they they went to the well so many times with that. Like, I want to say it was like three or four times just so that they can have that. I thought it was funny, though, with the whole beautiful on the inside setup. I felt like they did that whole thing just to set up that joke at the end. Yeah, I feel like the if any of the Drax jokes didn't work with me, it was the one where he was like pretending to like throw up like and gagging. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's God. a little too much, man. Like the, the other yeah. ones are fine, but... Yeah, that that one definitely went too far in terms of throwing in as many jokes as you can. Yeah, but actually one of my favorite ones, though, other than the one that we just talked about, is the one where Mantis gets hit. It's like, look out! (laughs) He's so slow. Dude, it got me every time. And then when when he picks her up and he's like, oh, she's just unconscious. (laughs) She's all like, <laughs> she's yeah. all lifeless and stuff. Though that that got me every time. It's oh, so good. Uh, did you like the uh, when they put the jetpack on him and he's like, my nipples? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because because they set it up in the beginning. Yeah. See, oh. when they played the long game for those jokes, I like that. But when they yeah. just like set up a joke and then do it right away and then keep going with it, those are the jokes that get old really fast. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. That was funny, but I feel like for some reason I thought they set that up in the beginning of the movie and then reveal it at the end, and then watching it this time, I'm no. like, it was right away. Yeah, it was right away. It was it was out of nowhere for sure. All right, Jeremy, let's move on to uh, our next topic, and this has actually been a staple of our, uh, I guess, our MCU rewatch or Infinity Saga rewatch, and so uh, we always want to dedicate time to the creator of all of this, uh, to Stan Lee. And so uh, our next topic is revealing what our best Stan Lee cameo is, and we'll also reveal what our best non-Stan Lee cameo is. And so let's start with Stan Lee, because he's the man. Um, You know, with uh, Captain America Civil War, Stan Lee appeared as a FedEx delivery guy, delivering a package from Steve Rogers to Tony Stink. (laughs) And then uh, in Doctor Strange, he plays a bus passenger. He's just reading a book and he's laughing. And uh, all this happening while Doctor Strange and Mordo are just having this crazy battle with Kaecilius and company. And in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, um, he actually plays that same (laughs) FedEx delivery man. But he's actually in space talking to the Watchers. And he's talking about how he used to be a delivery man. And actually, there's actually a second... Uh, cameo that he does have post credits and he's basically uh, still telling his stories but the watchers get tired of talking to him he walks away uh, they walk away actually from him and they're like oh hey you're my ride back to earth and so (laughs) out of all of those cameos which one was your favorite Uh, for me it was the guardians of the galaxy volume 2 one where he's the astronaut and he was like oh and yeah and one time i was a uh like a delivery driver and all that stuff. I thought that was a good one because it's just a really quick passing one. 
Uh, and, you know, he, he got a line. And I, I like to think that uh, that's how he gets into uh, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. And I feel like that's, it's got that continuity from when he was actually a FedEx delivery guy from my favorite version of that is I definitely got to go with the Tony Stan. It still makes me laugh every time. And I feel like just looking uh, like across all his cameos, especially within the MCU, that is arguably my favorite. I mean, I had, I'd actually have to watch all of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's definitely my favorite. Actually, uh, before we get into the non-Stanley cameo, I was actually just wanted to throw this out to you. Dude, uh, you know, with Tony Stank, do you think that was more of a typo on Steve's part when he was, f- you know, filling out the the label? <laughs> did he do that on purpose or did he mistype or did uh, it, or do you think Stanley just mispronounced the name? I would probably say that Stanley probably just misread it. Because, like, if you go back and into Captain America, the first Avenger, Steve is actually a really good artist, mm-hmm. and so I don't. I feel like his handwriting would be pretty good too. Um, they probably had like handwriting lessons back in the '40s and all that stuff. But anyway, the um, yeah, I would probably say Tony, like the whole Tony Stank thing was probably his uh, Stanley's glasses or something. Yeah. Well, if you think about it. Well, there's a couple of possibilities that I was kind of randomly thinking about. If it's a FedEx uh, label, I guess, he would have to type it out. I'm like, okay, it might have been a typo. Okay. But say, for example, if if it was a handwritten, um, what do you call that, label, if you know what like cursive looks like, the R kind of looks like, if you look at it really quickly, it kind of looks like an N. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, because if you're trying to type it, uh the r and the n is kind of far in the keyboard (laughs) yeah it is so i'm going i'm going with a handwritten like r that looks kind of like an n so it kind of looks like tony stink hmm i don't i don't know does fedex accept uh handwritten labels i'm not sure i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) but that's the only way i can think of anyway so jeremy let's move on to uh your favorite non stan lee cameo who was your favorite so you're probably i don't know if you're gonna pick this up but you know we talk about smallville all the time and it's uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Michael Rosenbaum. He plays that, uh, I, don't, I don't even know, this weird alien glass-looking guy. Yeah, kind of looks He had icy. one line. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Icy. He had one line, and it looks like, or it sounds like he just recorded it, like, through his phone. <laughs> yeah, it was not good audio at all. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that's the one line he had. <laughs> not even good audio. But I was like, yeah, that's Michael Rosenbaum. He has, like, the same stature. <laughs> yeah, he does. He was actually my winner, too. But if I had to go with a non-Lex Luthor, because uh, he's your, he's my Lex Luthor. I don't know about you, but he's my Lex Luthor. He's my winner uh, for this. But uh, if I had to go with a, a non-Michael Rosenbaum one, it, it definitely has to be the Hoff just because, dude, he's the Hoff. And I didn't, you know, I thought they were just going to show the the photo and that would have been it. But they actually showed the Hoff. Like, obviously, it was Ego. I mean, yeah, that was, was a good like, one. I, I feel like that was like Ego's best scene, that part, only that one <laughs> two-second part. When uh, it wasn't and, you know, a little Kurt bit Russell. of the beginning. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's funny too because obviously we get Wyatt Russell uh, in the MCU, so you get that little bit of a father and son connection. Uh, but yeah, that quick David Hasselhoff uh, was so good. I was like, oh shoot, they really did get the off. <laughs> that was surprising because it's like I like how they also like pulled up. Didn't he? Didn't he have a picture of uh, David yeah. Hasselhoff? Yeah. In 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 a book was it? I forgot. It was just like a little cutout that he had in his pocket or something like that. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is kind of weird to me <laughs> that they would just have that. Uh, but yeah, I thought that would have been it in terms of his, um, his, his quick cameo, but no, they actually had actual David Hassel. I and mean, he looks the same. He, he's aged pretty well. If, if we gave out that award for, uh, the, <laughs> what has aged well with the, <laughs> At least Guardians 2 had uh, had that going for it. Good cameos. Yeah, it did. I mean, because, you know, we had uh, um, we had Luther from Mission Impossible in, in the movie as well. Yeah, Ving Rhames. I forgot, Ving like, at Rames. the very end. At the very end, All of a sudden, yeah. I'm like, what the heck? They must have been setting up something for Volume 3. So who yeah. knows? I wanted to see more Stallone, but who knows? Yeah. He actually wasn't bad. I thought... I, you know, at the beginning, like in, in my first watch, I was like, dude, that was so random. And um, I actually didn't mind him as much uh, this time around. They should have Arnold be in the next Guardians movie <laughs> <laughs> with, with Stallone. That would be the best. As another Ravager? Yeah, as another Ravager, like a rival Ravager or something. Oh, do you know it'd be sick if he was the original Ravager? Oh. And then he has a cybernetic arm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like and then they have uh joe morton show up and he's like <gasps> yeah they're like with this family yeah oh, yeah oh so good anyway. oh the crossover possibilities <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right uh jeremy let's move on into our final topic of the episode i mean we are recording this episode the wednesday before the series finale of the falcon and the winter soldier and so I mean, we just recently watched Captain America Civil War again. Have the events from the Falcon and Winter Soldier given you a fresh perspective on Captain America Civil War? Yeah, for sure, man. Because the, the, the show has definitely given more character depth to you know the characters themselves. Like Zemo, uh, he kind of just shows up in Civil War. And it's like, oh, how could this regular guy just basically defeat the Avengers? And like I said, his... His plan was kind of out there, <laughs> um, but it's also cool to see like how how um, how smart and how how he actually is Zemo in in the show, and especially now seeing Bucky and Sam's relationship, how that differs outside of their friendship with Steve, and watching the show now, you can really see how much uh, Steve is that one in a million. Uh, type of person compared to like a John Walker or even to to Sam and Bucky he's like th- this level really high up in terms of um, I guess righteousness and uh, justice and that I think that really showed in Civil War when you compare all those characters uh, to Steve in Falcon and the Winter Soldier Right. I mean, obviously in Endgame, we got like confirmation because he was worthy of being able to wield Mjolnir or Mew Mew. Darcy. Sorry, I had to throw that, I had to, I had to throw that in with Darcy. Um, actually, I agree with you. Definitely. It, it, 
It actually, I mean, I already liked Civil War to begin with. It was definitely one of my favorites. And obviously, we'll get to our rankings a little bit later on. But man, it just added more dimensions to it. For me, obviously, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. My favorite scene was that two-on-one battle uh, at the end of Civil War. And dude, when Tony and Bucky were fighting, and then Tony asks him in the middle of the fight, do you even remember them? And he's referring to his parents. And then Bucky goes, I remember all of them. And dude, I did not really think too much of that line on all the re- previous re- rewatches, but just kind of obviously going through five episodes of the Falcon and Winter Soldier and actually him, oh, well, them portraying Bucky having all of these nightmares and, and knowing each one of the, uh, the kills that he had to kind of go through and endure as the Winter Soldier. It just was like, oh, my God, it was so good. Um, to be able to just connect the dots. Yeah, because just imagine like how they've kind of uh, showed the torment that Bucky's been going through. And just imagine uh, 70 years of basically watching your body kill people and just not having any control. And I think that line definitely carries more weight after the show. <sighs> I know. Because he really did remember all of them. Mm-hmm. Shoot. So good. So good. Anyway, Jeremy, we've gotten to the part in our episode where it's our favorite. We got bragging rights and we are going to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. And so currently for season two, we are tied two to two. And so this is uh, one of those weeks where it can make or break us. I, I remember last year. Our last season, I should say. Um, I think one of these episodes broke <laughs> broke me. I was like, dude, there's no coming back after uh, a horrible MCU showing. And so we got three movies uh, to compete head-to-head with. And so um, let's go ahead and why don't you go ahead and reveal your Rotten Tomato score for Captain America Civil War. All right. So I'm going to guess 92% for a Civil War. Ooh, you're going on the high end. Okay, I'm going... Fairly high, not as high. I'm going with 87. Mm, okay. Okay, so I'm on RottenTomatoes.com. And... All right, Captain America Civil War 2016. And we are... Oh, you edged me out. We got a Ooh. tomato meter of 90%. Dang. We're two away, and I was three away. And that so uh, that was a really close one. And so we got to update that score. Jeremy has taken three in a row. He's up three to two. All right, Jeremy, what is your guess for Doctor Strange? You want to go first since, um, you know, I have the, I got the last one. Oh, shoot. Okay. I'm going to guess 72. Mm, shoot. For Doctor Strange, I'm guessing 91. Oh, dang. You're going really high. Okay. Let's see. Doctor Strange. I forget. I always forget that they spell it out. And not just go with DR. Oh, wow. They, you won. You picked this one up at 89%. Ooh, dang. Because I I remember, well, (laughs) the buzz. I remember people liked it. And I was like, yeah, it's good. It's like Iron Man. Oh, shoot. See, I don't remember any of that. (laughs) (laughs) obviously and so jeremy has taken a two-point lead he's got a four 
point winning streak. And so, do you want me to go ahead uh, for volume two also? Since, dude, you're just since taking you're it. down. It's up yeah, to since you, I'm man. down. All right, let me let me go with let me go with seventy nine for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Ooh, I'm taking the lower end. I got uh, seventy six on my notes. Ooh, Guardians of the Galaxy seventy. So you got seventy six. I got seventy nine. And oh, finally broke the streak. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two Tomato Meter at eighty five percent. Ooh, wow, that's high. That's <laughs> really high. I think that <laughs> some of these are just too high. All right, so heading into uh, next week's episode, episode 27, Jeremy's got a slight lead, four to three. So, oh, man, I'm just glad I didn't get swept. (laughs) That was was a close one. I thought I was going to get it, man. (laughs) I know. I was like, I was getting worried, too. (laughs) Oh, shoot. So, Jeremy... We do a little bit something different for this Infinity Saga rewatch uh, with all of these MCU films. Uh, We um, have been kind of doing a running tally or running really a ranking of all the MCU films. And uh, with these next three films, this will bring our total up to 15 movies so far that we've covered in the Infinity Saga. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and rank them from worst to first. And, uh, you know, let's break it up a little bit. So. Jeremy, let's hear what your bottom five is. So we're going 15 to 11. All right. So at number 15, I've got the Incredible Hulk. Uh, You you could probably guess why. Um, I got 14 would be Thor. 13, Thor the Dark World. Then at 12, Iron Man 2. And then I got 11, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Whoa. (laughs) So it's down there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. With uh, my bottom five, uh, Thor the Dark World, no surprise there. Uh, The Incredible Hulk um, at 14. At 13, I have Doctor Strange. I do not agree with Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. I mean, I didn't hate it, but it was just mad to me. And and I kind of go back to Doctor Strange just not being likable. So that's where Mm. I have that uh doctor strange at 13 uh number 12 i agree with you iron man 2 and i have thor at 11 dang man all right Uh, pretty crazy let's go with uh let's hear your middle five all right so actually at number 10 i do have doctor strange right there and like like i do agree with you i didn't find doctor strange uh likable and and like i said before the kind of copy and paste nature of iron man 1 so, yeah, that's why it's at number 10. Then at number 9, I got Iron Man 3. Ooh, okay. Um, I don't know if that's kind of controversial to some people, but I like Iron Man 3. Then uh, at number 8, Avengers Age of Ultron. Then at 7, I got Ant-Man. And then 6, The Avengers. Ah, okay. We're, we definitely differ a lot in the middle uh middle five for sure so i have number 10 avengers age of ultron even though man they keep i i didn't realize they're just going to keep uh referring to it in a lot of the <laughs> mcu stuff we, we heard a lot about it in uh, wandavision for sure uh number nine i have uh ant-man and number eight is is actually where i have guardians of the galaxy volume two actually i have this ranked higher than when i try to come up with a ranking in 2018 right before uh Infinity War for something that uh, never came out, <laughs> but uh, I actually had it lower before, and so I guess I liked it a little bit more. 
And this is actually where it kind of differs. For seven, I actually have Iron Man three, and then number six, I have Captain America: The First Avenger. I originally had these flip flopped, but the more I thought about it, I you know I feel like Captain America: The First Avenger just holds up way better than Iron Man three. So I flip flopped those. Um, I guess into this into this episode. All right, Jeremy, uh, I guess we've reached the uh, the point where we're revealing what our top five is. So go ahead and do that. So my number five, uh, cracking at the number five, would be Captain America, the first Avenger. You know, I like that movie a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got number four, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then number three, Captain America, Civil War. I feel like even watching Captain America Civil War again this time, I'm like, ooh, this movie's still really good. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like like an Avengers movie, but then Captain America at the center of it. Right. Uh, then I got number two, Iron Man, and then one, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oof. Okay, we have some a little bit uh, a little bit of a different list top five so number five for me is the avengers number four this is where i put captain america civil war only because i feel like team-up movies have an unfair advantage and i feel like guardians of the galaxy is more of a enjoyable watch for me and that's why i have guardians at three then iron man at number two and captain america the winter soldier at number one Ooh, yeah, like Iron Man and Captain America, the Winter Soldier, holding that uh, top two spots pretty strong right now. I know, I know. And I'm curious to see where they ultimately end up as we continue, because, man, the next MCU movie that we have, and we'll obviously preview it before we do have it, there's going to be some heavy hitters, Mm because we're going to be talking about uh, Thor Ragnarok, Oh, actually, no, we're going to be talking about uh, Homecoming first, right? Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, and then Black Panther. Holy crap. Ooh, yeah. After seeing Black Panther in Civil War, it got me excited to rewatch Black Panther. Yeah, I know. Definitely got the feels just remembering Chadwick Boseman, man. Mm-hmm. Definitely miss him already. I tried to get immersed so I wouldn't, you know, start getting sad. <laughs> I know. I, I tried the same, but I was just like, oh, man. The, the, you know his first scene when they showed him in uh in Vienna I was like oh Chadwick damn it <laughs> yeah all right Jeremy well before we wrap up the episode do you want to go ahead and preview next week's episode episode 27 yep next week Earth's mightiest champions like Liu Kang Sonya Blade Scorpion and more will participate in a tournament that will determine who will r- rule the universe in Mortal Kombat? Like whenever I try doing it, the the theme it just turns into um, Mission Impossible. Oh man! I'm excited for that movie, and we're gonna be watching it in theaters the way I hope you know it should be. Yes, and not only are we watching it in theaters, we're actually watching the same showing. And so I'm kind of curious to see if we actually see the same things or, you know, if we differ, like what, how we kind of differed on kind of the way we saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Mm-hmm, for sure. 
So, Jeremy, before we close out, do you want to plug anything for the upcoming week? Yeah, so if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, uh, please follow me on at JP Flicks. That, yeah, that's how you say it. And also, <laughs> uh, you do we do come out with uh, episodes of our newsreel every Thursday. So check that out if you want more news on movies and on TV. It's something that we try to put out for you guys, the audience, just so that, I mean, if you're looking for a place for um, just to kind of keep up with what's going on in both uh, movie and TV and you want kind of want to hear our perspective on it and you want to like join in on the conversation, you can. So uh, definitely check out our brand new show. Uh, we're what four? we're going to be four episodes in. And so, yeah, the newsreel every Thursday. Yep. How about you? How where can they follow you? Well, they can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FreeKenA, and the spelling will be in the notes. And so, uh, Jeremy, any final thoughts on the MCU? Yeah, some of these were a little bit tougher to get through than than others. Obviously, Civil War, I blew, blew through that pretty quick. But like that second half of uh, Guardians too. Woo. Yeah, did yeah. not like that. <laughs> and, and that I don't know the first part of Doctor Strange is he's just not that likable. I, I completely agreed. Uh, I, it was it was a treat wa- rewatching Civil War just because you know we're we're so immersed in the uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier right now, and so um, yeah, definitely appreciated it much more, more layers and everything. And so um, again, thank you guys all for checking us out. Thank you all for supporting the podcast. And, and we definitely do appreciate you rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And feel free to drop a comment on how you feel about our podcast and ways that we can kind of improve. And so we are definitely open to uh, constructive criticism. And we'll definitely take what you, know, what you guys think about the podcast uh, to heart. And we'll obviously do our best to be better. And so, again, thank you again for supporting us. We'll see you next time on The Real. <laughs>